Happy New Year to you, and welcome to MarTrek, the podcast that explores new frontiers. 30 minutes of chat for marketing pros who want to boldly go where no person has gone before. Hello, so your hosts are me, that's Simon Quarrenden, and him, that's Dominic Hawes. Today, we're exploring what New Year's resolutions the marketing business should be making. And to discuss that, we're very lucky to be joined in the studio here by a marketing veteran, Julian Roberts, and he's currently head of marketing at ESET, but boy, does he have a track record in his career. Before we speak to Jules, we'd just like to tell you a little bit about what's going on in the world of Selby Anderson, because as you may or may not know, Simon and I both work for a marketing group and we are building and building it fast. Now, in our case, we're just about one year old. Uh, Last year, we bought four agencies, two PR companies, a digital marketing company, and a tech marketing company. We founded one agency, which is an ABM agency. If you want to hear about that, you can go to our previous episode and hear what Samantha had to say. And we have two acquisitions live and in the hopper right now. And by March, I think we're going to be 130. And that creates a bunch of headaches. And we thought you might like to hear about some of those headaches. Now, we're not going to drop our pants and tell you absolutely everything about us, of course, because there are some things that are commercially sensitive, but we thought you might like to hear. So, Simon, we are about to kick off a new year. And um, one of the things that you highlighted to me is that you're surprised that small agencies don't kind of have a more rigorous business planning process. Talk to me about that. Yes, um Thank you, Dom. And of course, um, it's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful year last year, and we're really looking forward to working together this year as well. What's been interesting, of course, like any great partnership, and I'm not suggesting that we are the Morecambe and Wise of the creative services industry, but we are, we do have separate skills. And I think for any agency owners looking to develop a, an agency, it's always good to have a team that plays to their strengths. And Dom is very much externally focused looking at new agencies to acquire and I'm very much focused on internally and having acquired them bedding them in and integrating them and trying to improve efficiencies and get scale so I'm kind of getting down I got down into the weeds in 2019 and continue to be there this year we've gone through our first year's round of business planning and I think it's fair to say it's been reasonably painful I think the big agencies do have the drop on the smaller agencies when it comes to that sort of taking a step back and looking at the business in the round. And I think one of the reasons for that um, is probably because the senior management in smaller agencies are the hardest working. They tend to be the most billable. And of course, they continue to spend an awful lot of time working on or in the business rather than on the business. And it's very difficult. They are in most of the cases with our agencies, they are the most senior account handlers. Uh, they're the most senior client representatives. And it's very difficult to get them to take a step back, step away from the business and look at it in the round and consider it. And all the kind of things perhaps that large agencies, um, take as a, as a given at this time of year, which is, you know, what worked, what didn't, what can we learn? How can we improve? What are we going to set for next year? So I have found this year it will get better. Uh, we're going to do, I think we can have a more streamlined approach for next year. Uh, but certainly the business planning process for smaller agencies, I would say our experience is 
Do take the time out to do it. It is a chore, but once it's done, it's great to be able to say to all the staff, this is the direction of travel we're heading in and help us on that journey. Um, the other thing we're up to is we are very excited about implementing Salesforce. I'm sure there's lots of other agencies out there that have either used Salesforce or further down the line than we are, but we are intrigued as to how far we can push Salesforce. We don't just see it as a CRM package. We see it as being central to all our agencies. It's going to give us an enormous amount of insight, not just into new business, but our existing clients. And I think that is a weakness of just about every agency is their biz dev efforts tend to be somewhat um, I'm loath to use the word shambolic, but it can be a bit unstructured. And Salesforce is going to give us a tool and a discipline. Uh, and, and I think we'll report on, on the progress we make as we go along the line. And very shortly, we're due to go visit our flow team in Skopje in North Macedonia. Uh, that team is expanding and we're just putting on a, a full-time IT support person who'll go alongside our Salesforce administrator, our bookkeepers, and our business development support staff. And um, again, you know, I think Publicis has over 4,000 people working in their resource company. WPP has an equally large sized uh, outsourced agency. So what we're doing um, is not groundbreaking. I think it's unusual for a small agency of our size to be starting that whole outsourcing back office process so early in our in our particular uh, journey um but but we are already beginning to see enormous um, scale efficiencies which as we expand uh, will i think begin to kind of really drop through to the bottom line so we got off to a cracking good start to the year with more to come All markets change, but in recent years, it feels like the world of marketing has changed more than most, and not always to the client's benefit. So has the agency world lost its touch? What do clients really want? What do they really need? Today, we're joined by Julian Roberts, who's the head of marketing for ESET, an award-winning antivirus and cybersecurity technology company. His long and distinguished career, both in-house and in consultancy, makes Julian the ideal person to ask, what should marketing's New Year's resolutions be? Hi, Julian, and welcome. Hello, Dom. So maybe we could kick off. Why don't you give me a quick 30-second summary of your career to date? I have been in marketing for the last 30 years, uh, man and boy, some might say. Um, eclectic mix of industries, uh, both agency side and client side, and as you mentioned, on the consultancy uh, front as well. Um, and uh, started off my career in the building materials industry, uh, transgressed through the super yachts industry, um, and have ended up for the last 10 years in the cybersecurity industry as a consultant. Um, I was a Global Marcoms Director for Kaspersky Lab on the, in the consumer side of the business for some five years, and then uh, was approached by ESET uh, about two years ago now, and uh, have been heading up and trying to transform their marketing in the UK for them. Great. So you've got varied experience. Looking across that, all of that kind of timeline and all those different sectors, are there consistent threads that you've seen through that that kind of constitute good marketing or good practice from an agency point of view? Yeah. So over the, over the years, I've worked with a diverse range of agencies. Um, and I think one of the most important um, areas uh, that an agency should focus on is listening to clients. Um, they should listen to clients. But at the same time, it's also important that clients understand that they're employing an agency for the expertise, 
creative and production and planning that that agency has and and therefore let the agency get on with their job um, rather than, um, as I'm seeing today, more recently in my career, there is a tendency for clients to get overly involved in the agency process. And I think a number of people in the industry um, talk about these particular facts. But, um, you know, if you look back to the heyday of TV advertising and the creativity that was around in the, uh, the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s, we don't see that level of creativity anymore. And I look at some of the clients I work with, and it's because the client gets too involved with the creative process. They don't just let the agency get on with what they're best at and, and deploy those highly creative ideas anymore. Okay, the most extreme side of that, I guess, is people starting in-house agencies now. And we're seeing, or certainly over the last couple of years, we've seen a bit of a trend for people trying to take the whole creative process in-house. Simon, you, what do you think about the, the concept of building an internal agency? Is it viable long-term or is it just a short-term thing? Well, it, it's, it's growing. I mean, there's a thing recently about the Citibank, which is actually doing exactly that. And that was a news that uh, broke quite recently. And so the... The momentum is with the clients that want to set up in-house agencies, but it was interesting to look at the language that they were using to explain why they were doing it, and they were trying at pains to try and make sure that Publicis, which is their appointed agency, did not fall in any way, that their noses were put out of joint. But but you can't help but uh, wonder whether they're just sort of setting it up for a fall, that there is going to be, you know, to Julian's point, if you've got agencies that are retained, if they understand what you're trying to achieve, use them and, and let them get on and create that creative process, which you will benefit from. But then to, in a sense, you know, set up a, what could be perceived to be competition, it, it, it just smacks of, of setting it up to fall. Um, and ultimately, of course, you know, we understand that the city's reasoning for doing it was to ensure that there was consistency and conformity around brand and brand messaging. But, but consistency can lead to uniformity. And ultimately, you know, the branding can become, a, it becomes a very sterile process because the in-house team only deliver what they think they want to deliver uh, rather than agencies, you know, really challenging the brand and challenging the brief. You know, some of the best work, uh, and I'm sure Julian might agree with this, but some of the best work comes from agencies saying, we understand that's what you want to do, but it seemed to us that this is what you should be doing. And it's a far better product at the end. Yeah, and also from a commercial perspective, you know, the agency model is to remove overhead from your business. Um, you have a more flexible um, uh, financial position by using an agency. All you're doing is extending your overhead by having an internal agency. Yeah, I, it strikes me one of the issues with in-house agencies, probably a good idea maybe for three months. Like you cut a bit of cost short term, but then to my mind, an in-house agency kind of becomes a bit of an echo chamber. And to Simon's point, where do the challenging ideas come from? Um, and, you know, it's easy to hire people, right? You just put a job ad out, you hire them, you create, it's easy to create an, an entity inside an organization, but does that make it an agency? I think back to your point, Julian, about the, the heydays of the big creative ideas. What I'm seeing is less and less big idea and more and more uniformity. And, and I think that's dull. And, we, you know, we were talking earlier, the route to people's head is to start with their heart. You've got to use mm -hmm. creativity yeah. to get into people's heads. And I, I think it's um, <clears throat> also, you know, I think there is a position for in some organizations to have an in-house production facility. Um, but I don't think that a creative process should be taken internally, as you say, Don, because you just literally um, uh, you're, you're operating in this sterile environment. And, and those people in the internal agency are subject to the corporate politics of that organization, which will also influence how far they push the boundaries. So over the last few years, we've seen quite a lot of change in the marketing industry, as I say, said. 
There's been a lot of fragmentation. There's a lot of question marks. We had that this morning. What does digital actually mean? Because it means different things to different people. In, you, in your opinion, how has the marketing industry changed over the last few years? Okay, so, um, I mean, going forward from this uh, conversation we've been having about creativity, um, obviously the emergence of digital as the predominant media channel has meant that we're talking about a more volume-based um, approach to marketing. Um, and that has been at the cost, again, of quality and creative. Um, and I, um, I see that both from an agency perspective and also um, from a client side perspective as well. And I personally have to constantly get involved now with the creative management um, direction, even as part of when we have agencies working with us, um, because I'm just seeing that diminishing quality. They think, you know, we'll just get the volume out there and that will be adequate. And it's not it's not adequate. Um, you talk about fragmentation. Um, yes, it has been extremely frustrating. So um, when um, I started out, um, we had one agency who did virtually everything for us. Um, now we're having to look at employing specialists across multiple functions. Um, and the downside of that is um, actually making sure that the creative process and the messaging um, and the strategy is integrated. Um, because, and it means I have to spend an enormous amount of time telling the same thing to multiple people across different agency groups. Then you'll also end up in the situation where there's a turf war between agencies. Um, you know, we can do a bit of that and we can do a bit of that. No, you're supposed to be just focusing on your particular area of expertise. So I don't think the fragmentation and specialisation has necessarily been a positive for the client, certainly not for the client marketing management teams. Um, it's become a much more difficult job to maintain consistency because of that. Simon, from the agency side, fragmentation. I wouldn't say possibly fragmentation. I suppose I'm just kind of harking back, um, hearing Julian talk about joining an industry all those years ago, that, that um, Sarchi and Sarchi, as they then were, had the uh, British Airways account and came up with the wonderful strapline, the world's favourite airline, which is such a wonderfully simple copy line, and actually submitted an invoice to the client which said, to cost of advertising one million pounds and the client paid it quite willingly and that was all about trust actually that was just about you know there wasn't a procurement department getting involved in creating scopes of work that was just a great agency doing great work for the client the client benefited and the i don't know you know it it, it trust is still there trust as we all know is it takes a long to while to, to to build trust with clients and if you lose that trust then then it's gone forever trust is important it, it remains important and i just sense that there's this sort of loosening of the ties where perhaps there is less less trust and more mistrust between the agencies and the clients and perhaps people are covering themselves uh, and and that's a shame because that does have an impact on creativity if I can't trust my agency, if I don't, if I don't um, authorize my agency to do great work, if I don't empower my agency to do great work, they won't deliver great work because they'll be too scared. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favorite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. So we reported in uh, last month's um, podcast that the Gartner CMO spend survey said the UK was falling behind the USA and that there's a trend in the UK to try and squeeze marketing departments and agencies to do more for less. Do you think maybe that's one of the drivers that's seeing 
quality gets squeezed, it's, is, is it pilot high, sell it cheap? Is that what we're seeing? I think it's partly that. Um, but taking uh, on board Simon's comment as well, I just don't think that um, uh, many clients these days – I wouldn't actually use the word trust. I mean, dare I say it, I don't think they've got the balls to let the agency go ahead and do what they do best. I mean, one of my very first campaigns that I ever worked on um, was where we took the brand name and turned it into an expletive. Yeah. Um, and um, I can imagine trying to get that through today would not be um, uh, very popular. So I think it's um, the, the, the element of trust you talk about is actually maybe slightly founded upon that, that, that specific example that you gave or that type of example, you know, where in the heydays of the creative advertising, yes, you could submit an invoice for a million pounds for basically five or six words. People are going, well, hang on, that's not that's not right. But, you know, what is the value of IP? And, you know, we operate in an industry, I operate in an industry, you know, technology where IP is highly valued. Um, I still think um, that creative IP should be should be valued in a similar way, and um, but I just don't think that people today have the same mindset that an idea is worth that amount of money, and so hence that sort of th- those stories go to propagate a sense of mistrust and wanting to get more out of the agency. It's all become a bit commoditized. Okay, so the focus of today's podcast is looking forward. So we've identified where we think some of the issues might be. If on behalf of the marketing industry, you're looking forward to 2020 to make this year's New Year's resolution, where would you start? I would very much um, recommend and resolve um, to let agencies get on with what they do best. I'm not saying let them get away with anything, um, but give them the free creative reign to deliver what you employ them to deliver rather than getting overly involved in the minutiae of detail. Simon? I want the agencies to become a lot more inquisitive. And, and Julia made the point about, you know, they need to ask, ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And, and I think there is uh, uh, assumptions. Uh, it's a bit of a platitude, but assumptions are dangerous things. And I think too many agencies rush in, take the brief, don't fully understand the brief, don't challenge the brief, don't ask the questions at the beginning that they need to. And, and the rest, unfortunately, you know, go, goes the wrong way because they come up with a poor, poor response, which the client then uh, 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 rejects for whatever reason. And if, if only the agency had asked more questions at the beginning, a lot more good work would have come out at the end. So for me, 2020 agencies asked more questions. I've got one more as well, if I may. And that is that um, clients – Uh, should really examine themselves carefully to actually understand whether they have the experience within their marketing teams, the commercial experience. Um, I see so many clients these days who predominantly employ very young people, which is great um, because they're, they're full of energy, they've got creativity, fantastic. But you still need individuals in that team who can provide a foil of experience to those youngsters in the team as well and i would just say you know clients look at your structure look at who you've got working for you and where where are your points of experience that also in some ways mirrored on the agency side too i guess in a previous uh, recording we talked about how one of the things we've seen in agency is that um, people uh, become very functional and they get promoted through a function without having a very broad experience to the business and the techniques and the practices of marketing where 20 years ago when you started you had a very broad education and then you specialized now you kind of need to specialize and there's a risk then that you never get the, the business acumen the broad exposure to market, uh, marketing that you're 
that you're talking about. So from from your point of view, if you were giving advice to people working on the agency side, not necessarily specific to whether they're specialists or generalists, as a client, what do you want from the people working on your agency team? I would want a breadth of experience across the communications mix. Um, I would recommend that an agency, uh, if they're employing graduates, really looks at creating a very robust graduate training scheme, which gives um, the graduates the breadth of experience across all the different functions of the agency. Um, I also run a number of um, uh, schemes with clients in the past where we've actually done almost like an employee swap. So some of the agency team will come and work within the business for a while when we appoint the agency and vice versa, really so the, the both teams can engage properly and immerse in the business and the brand. So I think there are all sorts of creative ways you can look at this, um, but breadth of experience would be the um, the key thing. doesn't necessarily need to be for everybody, you know, ultimate depth, but, you know, an understanding of what Ben does over there and Sophie does over here. Simon, what skills can people like us give people in agency to help them relate to clients in that way i think we my concern for 2020 and i'm going to answer the question but in a roundabout way which is that we need to avoid this sort of uh, avoid this binary thought process which is it's either data or it's creativity and in 2020 we're just going to see increasing volumes of press coverage given over to data and it's uh, data this and data that and so there's a sense of believing that it's either data or creativity. And we as the agencies, we've got to embrace data, big data. We've got to understand how, how to use it. And that's, that is clearly beginning to happen. But we've also got to uh, embrace it and, and see it that it doesn't squeeze out creativity. So, so we've got to kind of give the staff, and this is a training issue, the wherewithal to understand the role that data plays, which is about giving them better insight. But, but you know, really the best creative work is where you come up with a campaign or a message or, or theme that resonates with the audience. And the reason it resonates with the audience is because you really understand the audience. So data has a role to play. Big data absolutely has a role to play, but it's not at the expense of creativity. And I think the there's a misnomer that's either or it's not that they, they can both coexist and we've got to find a way of, of, of making them coexist so really you know what does that mean that brings bringing back planning departments those wonderful things that advertising agencies had that sat alongside creative departments we've got to bring back really into every no campaign and we're going to try and put this in place in selby anderson no campaign of any sort goes out the door without having some sort of insight slash planning taking place at the beginning and that's an old-fashioned discipline it's fallen out of favor and we need to bring it back wow okay you heard it here first any other thoughts 2020 here we are new year's eve is now but a distant memory julian what does the next year look like uh busy (laughs) (laughs) no extremely busy i mean i um i'm very excited by um the emergence of some of the new uh, data-driven marketing expertise um that's in the marketplace now um and um i think as just you know reiterating what simon said you know the, the combination of the data science with the creativity um, with uh, clients giving agency the leeway to do what they they do best, then I think we're in for a very exciting year ahead. Um, I also would add one further thing as well that you know there are a number of external influences now which are um, affecting every brand's 
customer base. Um, you know, uh, we've got um, obviously worries about the environment. Um, we've got uh, political instability in the country. Um, uh, but I think that agencies also need to start considering uh, within their approach, both from a data-driven and ethical perspective, um, but also a creative perspective, some of the um, the overwhelming challenges that, that consumers are facing, worries that consumers are facing. And I think we'll start to see some of the, hopefully, some of that thinking coming into the approach that agencies take and the way they, can, they, they advise their, their customers to adopt a positive social approach in their operations and marketing. Well, what a cracking interview. Jules, thank you so much for taking the time to come and see us. Yes, there's a lot for us to, uh, I think there's a lot for hopefully for our listeners to take away from and to consider, think about and digest. And what a cracking start to our podcast series. And if all the other speakers are as uh, insightful and uh, helpful as that one, I think we're on for a really good series. So my advice or perhaps for agencies for the year, I think the number one thing is uh, it's, it's probably the same as the year before last and going back into time. Don't make assumptions. Um, be inquisitive. Ask questions and listen to the client and listen and listen more and listen a bit more. There is no such thing as a stupid question, which is what I took away from Julian. You have to ask those questions, keep drilling down and you will find that you're, the, the nuggets that you want are in the last last possible part of the question rather than the assumptions. And the other thing, again, which is the other element of um, commercial training and experience is also is move your teams around, uh, particularly young people, um, move them around the agencies, try and give them as much exposure as possible to the clients, send them out. Uh, if your client is a shampoo manufacturer, send your agency staff out into hairdressing salons and make them wash people's hair. Uh, it sounds a bit outrageous, but that's what happened in the old days, um, because that's the only way that your account execs and account handlers and creatives are really going to understand the products that they're supporting. So if they're going to be marketing the products, best they roll out of their sleeves and get stuck into the products themselves. I like it. Getting stuck in with product. God, what a revolutionary thought. So I'm going to go straight to the end of our little interview, actually, for my second takeaway and New Year's resolution for clients, which is uh, when Jules talked about clients needing to make sure that they're structuring their teams with a mixture of youth and experience. So there has been a trend and there's a trend industry-wide to hire younger and younger for the energy brightness and ideas that youth brings with it but experience also has a part to play and I really like the concept that you know teams should be balanced so if you're a client your new year's resolution to the marketing industry should be please deliver a balanced team because your agencies also by the way will need that experience to draw on anything else that struck you there particularly Simon? I think the final thing, as always, is the key word here is creative. And it's a mantra for us is it's about creativity and clients want to see creativity being used. They want to see it in every aspect of the agency from the minute they walk in the front door, uh, from the way that the agencies carry themselves. It is all about creativity. And I'm disappointed, perhaps sometimes when we listen to our junior staff that they don't have an interest in creativity. They don't spend their weekends going to exhibitions and shows and absorbing creativity in the round it's it's it, it, yeah hey guys you're in the creative services industry prove to us that you uh, understand and are imbibing creativity great well that is a wrap for this edition of martrek 
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. As always, if you take issue with anything in the show, or you've got ideas for the future, or you want to take part yourself, well, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website, which is martrekpodcast.com. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. That's a wrap for this edition of Martrek. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. 